like raging working out because I was about to go back on tour. Yeah. So I was I was super cut. And then, boom, two months later, like, that shit goes <laughs> no away day. fast. Yeah. Uh, you guys um, ready to start? Yeah. All right, let's, let's just start it. this thing off, and then we'll get going. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP, the Sex Actually podcast. As always, it is your host, Dave Neal, your other host, Tasha Courtney, and our guest today, Lindsay Manfredi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Right before we got on air, we were just talking about all the weight gains and losses we've had. Because <laughs> I've gained probably 50 pounds. I've lost probably 40. I've gained 50 and lost 40. Like, I've had three diets throughout this pandemic. <laughs> there should be a, an award So you didn't gain that. 50 all at once. You, like, gained no. 15, gained oh, 15 more, I sh- gained I, 20 more, and lost them all again. I don't know if you... We don't weigh ourselves, but I can see it. Like, I, we just went away for 15 days. I came mm-hmm. back just a, just this back fat I never had in my 20s. <laughs> right. What the fuck's back fat? I'm it's, lucky in that my ne- measurements never really change, but my... Uh, firmness does right if that makes sense like there's like a a yoga body that's Mm -hmm. like got muscles and then there's like a really soft body that i'm rocking yeah i'm like in the middle right now trying to get back to getting a little what's your biggest vice what do you mean like food wise food wise what's the what's the issue it's not that i think it's alcohol oh yeah yeah because food i eat super healthy for the most part i mean every once in a while have some pizza or something with friends but you know um, for the most part like seriously it's got to be wine Oh, yeah, well, that's all sugar, right? right? I was gonna pop wine tonight. I didn't bring any out. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. We you usually still have can. alcohol here. Yeah, you we need to. We had a we had a neighbor just give us wine a few episodes ago. If he shows up again with wine, that would be nice. <laughs> Let's manifest us. that right now. Now, but you're in the ro- you're in the rock world. You're gonna have to like correct me if I mislabel your badassness. But you're several bands. You're you just wrote a book. We're gonna try to talk about as much of it as possible. But uh, you know, you're supposed to have vices. That's mm-hmm. what rock's all about, right? Yeah, it keeps me young. So I like think. so having wine that's the least edgy vice a rock rock star can have. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I've lately I've been switching it to actually this is funny. I've been drinking more vodka and water and um and white claw. That's well, that's a good. Yeah. Because I've noticed that if I do drink a couple of those I'm not I'm not feeling so pudgy the next day. Get ya. They, they will, really yeah. do. They're strong. Four of those and you're like oh. Oh my, well, Tasha just got back into the drinking world. Uh, helicopter overhead. Yeah. How are you? Uh, people don't Literally know. Literally right above us. I guess I should mention we're podcasting from the roof. If people just think I'm being abducted, we're not. We're on the roof here, folks. It's a wildfire out here. Uh, yeah, Tasha just started drinking again because of the meds she's on for her Lyme disease. And uh, uh. I think she had like 40% of one Bud Light seltzer. And you were like, loopy. <laughs> So, I mean, I it really it. hit me. And what did we have the other day? It was, oh, it, it was some, it was one of those hard seltzer things. I don't remember what brand, but. Yeah, it was like a vegan seltzer. You know, I, I looked at it and I was, I, it was, must have been like six or 7% alcohol. It was like really strong. What but was those it? Are the, I don't know. But we, we found that um in Michigan, I think, right? But like those, yeah, those The Midwest will delicious. get you. The Midwest they, uh, will get you. Speaking of which, we met in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. Indiana, um, and then I texted you the other day, and I was, or like a few weeks ago, I was like, "Let me know when you're in LA." You're like, "I am. I've been here." It's like, "Oh, get on the podcast." <laughs> Can you believe it's been like half a decade since we met? It's, it's been like five years. That's crazy. That's insane, right? Yeah, those are the. F- 
you know, when I used to work for Crackers Comedy Club, that was fun. Good times, but now, we yeah, move on. That was, um, that, uh, I'm trying to think, that was, yeah, about five years ago. And are you from Indiana? Mm-hmm. Is that where you're from? Yes. What's it, what's it like getting out to the to the West Coast here? Because I'm sure you know, you've obviously been touring around and all, all that, but how's, how's the transition to L.A. been? Well, I've been in California for four years now. I literally moved here four years ago, like probably today. Oh, I mean, happy I was anniversary. The, yeah, it's definitely a four-year anniversary. So I had originally moved to Venice and then um, Hollywood, then to Temecula, then Fallbrook, then Tour, then Fallbrook, and then back up to L.A. So I was originally going to come back to L.A. after this year of touring. I'm just here a couple mo- months earlier than what so I what's had the, intended. What's the touring like? Is it um, is it like the quintessential, you're living out of your van? Because I know nothing other than what I've watched on the show Nashville. I feel like that's all I know about <laughs> musicians. Well, I've been in bands that, yeah, we've lived out of a van and hotel rooms, but now I'm in a band that we actually have a tour bus, which is nice. Amazing. And it's my favorite thing to do, really. Now do you have like the bunk style mm-hmm. beds? Yeah. Is it exciting? I mean, is it a lot of fun or is it kind of annoying? Do you get like tired of each other? No, I love it. I was born for the road though. And music is everything to me so that it just makes sense. And me not being on the road right now drives me crazy. Like I don't, I'm bored. Amphie. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Trying to get, do some studio work and work with other people, which I am now. But yeah, I'm. we're hoping our tour manager or our um, booking agent is routing something right now, I think for February. So if everybody can just keep their shit together yeah, and please. get rid of this virus. <laughs> yeah, shut up and wear a mask. I know, just wear a fucking Isn't it crazy though that some of the best nights you'll ever remember or not remember are like in a dark basement, you know, at a sweaty. rock show, sweaty. I miss yeah. it. I miss the sweat. I miss the, the smell stink, of old the s- beer. Yes, I that really, late, really do. Chick who doesn't have deodorant on because she's like living the free life, and you that's just, usually just, me. <laughs> <laughs> you're standing right behind her. The funniest thing: we went to a concert. We went to the uh, Greek theater to see Sugarland. Right, Sugarland is that what we yeah. saw? And um, and there was just some chicks behind us that must have gotten free tickets. Right, they were just like teenagers. Tasha couldn't. No, they weren't teenagers. They were like mid thirties. They felt These like these were full grown women, but they were smashed and being so loud like shouting you know you're seated one foot from the person next to you mm-hmm. and there were two like it was these two girls and then like two dudes next to each other so obviously they're chatting but it was basically screaming into the back of my ear we got up and moved seats yeah, it made I, the I, experience everyone around them moved and it's like when you're that loud and obnoxious at like a at like a concert, you've got issues. Yeah, this like is not, a listening experience. Not, but it's not like a po- we're not yeah. like listening to poetry. Like it should be <laughs> yeah. loud enough that we shouldn't have to hear you. <laughs> Thousand percent. So, like, what type of venues were you guys playing? Just like your standard, just rock venues, or yeah, I like the Vogue, which was right. We played the Vogue, which was right next to the comedy club that you played at. I, I, I would have, no, I would have no idea. I had no clue that Indianapolis had like such a cool sort of hip, hippie vibe to it. Yeah, you, have you been there before? Yeah, absolutely. Broad Ripple was the name of the area, mm-hmm. right? That's yep. all. No, it's my only like two days that I've ever been there. But uh, yeah, it's a really cool spot. Like, yeah, really cool it area. is. Um, we played the Viper Room uh, twice, two nights in a row. We sold that out. Um, the Machine Shop, just you know, those kind of venues. I don't, I don't really. I'm not good at like knowing what the number capacity of a place is. Yeah, 
that's the kind of venues we would play. In stand-up, you have to know how many tickets have been sold because they, they kind of, oh, you know, but they, they'll they rob you. But the, right. you know, the owners <laughs> right. would be like, oh, they'll be like, oh, it's a sold-out crowd. They'll be like, oh, actually, we only sold 70 tickets. We had to give away the rest. And you have to, and then you have to be like, oh, okay, well, it looks sold out to me. And then uh, Yeah, that's a, that's a rough industry to be in, stand-up comedy. Like, that's the one thing that I would love to do sometimes because sometimes I think I'm really fucking funny. Oh, can I say the F word? Yeah, you can say the you F can word. Say whatever you want. <laughs> We're um, actually a Christian podcast. <laughs> I was mind. on a Christian podcast recently. It's called Bad Christian, though, and it was the like singer and a guitarist for Emery. It was such a fun podcast. Are they? Do. do they sing Christian music? No, they're. Well, I think that. No, I don't think so. They're uh, they're kind of a rock, super hard rock band. We were just traveling when we were driving through the Midwest. Why is it that Christian radio state, like Christian rock always has the clearest signal when you're traveling? <laughs> you yeah, it's like really in the do. 80s and the 90s. You'll be like, driving somewhere and not a single other channel will come through except for somebody trying to strike the fear of God into your heart. Yeah, it's you're just worst. like, yeah, it's like, it's like a love lifts us. And you're like, what is this? What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> I turn it off immediately. It's just always, it's like, they, it's like God song. has better broadband or whatever. God has a good transmitter <laughs> i grew up listening to that like every time we would go to ohio because my family's from ohio and we would uh that was a rough time but they would always have the preaching on now now i already or got, neil diamond i already got in trouble from our trip home t- trying to convince my parents to be a little bit more open-minded towards um even a centrist idea i mean they're really mm. leaning hard onto the right right now and uh but I, I i i appreciate and i noticed that you had posted something political on your facebook and it seems to be the the when when you have a following that the one thing people can say to like piss you off is like i can no longer support you there's a few yet a few dudes That's that were like not, i what? had a lot of people and who cares sleep over you and a lot of the a lot of our fan I mean that had hundreds and hundreds of comments but I was also like yeah, you unfriend me now go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying just, to read the subtext to this really I was gonna... so mad because okay because I'm just wrote this book and I have to use the US post office postal service for everything so when people order books from me I People are paying for a product and I'm delivering it and it's a thing. So when the postal service is in bed with the fucking president, I'm just, and I just, okay. And I also just moved back and it was that crazy heat wave. And I don't know if you guys were here or if you were on the East coast for that, but, and my apartment doesn't have air conditioning. So I was just pissed hey, you like, don't have I to, was to, angry to, yeah. and I was just like it's, uncomfortable I was, <laughs> I was uncomfortable I was angry I was definitely a little drunk <laughs> I saw this post and it was just like you know what if you guys are gonna vote for this piece of shit go fuck yourself and unfriend me and that's not the that's not the message that I'm at all trying to put out because my book is truly about love and coming together and just like becoming a better person for yourself but I just get angry. So I have been consciously over the last two weeks not posting anything politically. As far as fans, though, who don't want to support yeah, us, you, we yeah. don't we don't care. It's just like we're all kind of pretty much on the same page when it comes to. Isn't rock supposed to be like sort of pushing the envelope yeah. and this and that? But now you got like dudes that are like, I can't stand your point of view. <laughs> Tasha had this when she supported Bernie. 
you know, like four or five years ago. Yeah. That some guy goes, Every time I posted anything pro Bernie, f- yeah, people would just, you know, send me shitty DMs. It was three girls, Tasha worst. and two of her friends, on their butt cheeks, they wrote Bernie, right? They're just Bernie. <laughs> A letter for each cheek. And the guy, goes, the guy goes, not hot enough to follow your political or whatever it was. And it was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, this is Instagram here. We're not trying to, like... Yeah, you know. It's I don't know if is it a, a is it a white dude thing because when like my press yeah, my press a- release came out um and like I have a picture of myself holding the book and let me hold the book bla- blabbermouth um had picked it up and they did a whole like re- release with it and um there were they said the meanest things like she looks like she cries when Starbucks runs out of almond milk. The people so just ran. <laughs> they said, I fucking okay. I first mean, off, I absolutely would. I be don't very upset. like almond milk at all. <laughs> I hate almond milk. Yeah, I hate it. it I do rice well. milk we had a, I, I and got, real milk. I had to get almond milk today because they didn't have. I like coconut milk. If you haven't tried coconut, milk. I love coconut, coconut milk too. Good. And that's for cereal. But in my coffee in the morning, collagen protein, a little bit of ghee, and real milk because it cuts the acidity. Oh, we just did some collagen ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're trying I to have hang a, on. I have a whole routine every morning. Lemon water, my coffee thing. And then... There you go. That lemon Medicine. water is very good for it's you. It's the most important thing. It's it, the first oh. thing you should put in your body every day, and I do. Now just- <laughs> if, if, I, if I didn't have to cut the lemons... Maybe that could help me. Well, just step. cut it in half and then do the lemon squeezer... And then boom, boom, it's just one cut, and then you both have lemon water. It's there you that go. easy. It's like one lemon Honey, per morning. We, one more thing for you to do for me. In the yeah, we, I just want a place where I have a lemon tree. That's all I want is a oh, tree that produces yeah. fruit. And for everyone who's watching on YouTube, uh, we don't have a stray animal who just joined the set. That is Boone the Basset Hound. He is, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, this doesn't apply to you, but I like to announce when Boone makes his way to the set. Boone is here <laughs> joining us. He's nice and quiet. Uh, yeah, so your book's called Unfuck with, Unfuck Withable? Mm-hmm. Unfuck with is Unfuck with. Withable Unfuckwithable. Unfuckwithable. I like that. A guide to inspired badassery. And then on the back, you got uh, you playing the bass here. Looking bad. Yeah, that's it. That's badassery right there. Now, but, So who was giving you negative comments? Just, just random people? Just random, probably middle-aged white guys. Um, you How know, telling the- me my band sucks. And it's, okay. It's like, why are you following me then? Why are you and- reading? And why? what's your comment about? And said I would, oh, I'd fuck her. Like, really? I can sleep better at night now. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, oh, somebody said I miss my calling as a librarian. There you I, go. <laughs> oh God, just so Honestly, mean things. You people try a are harder with that. But people are so mean, and it's like, why? I mean, what? But for- it's the anonymity of the internet that makes people even even when people are using their real names, like not ha- not saying nobody would ever say any of this stuff to your face. But it's the distance between you that makes people feel safe. Just being rude. I, I don't know. We we've, we've got everybody's gotten so fucking angry and rude lately mm-hmm. that it's just. You know, it it's toxic, and it, it is. and it, it like is. breeds more toxicity. I stumbled upon this thread the other day um, from Twitter. This lady Gabrielle Blair uh, at Design Mom, and I think she's pretty big because then a few a few days later, I saw something else from Design Mom. But anyway, she was going off, and towards the bottom of this thread, she said. Um, she was just talking about how much she hates Trump supporters. <laughs> and <laughs> hey, folks, don't leave so the podcast. We'll get to you. Hold on. <laughs> she said, another consequence of your actions, 
I have a deep desire to withhold my community and my creations from you. Instagram has data that could tell me exactly which of you support Trump. I wish they would give me that data. I would block every single one of you. My Instagram followers request access to my life daily. Voting for Trump and you want to know the source for my daughter's dress? No. You want to know the paint color we chose for the attic renovation? No. You want to participate in a parenting discussion on Design Mom? No. I want to shun you from my community. If gatherings were safely happening, I want you to be shunned from all events hosted by decent people. No wedding invitations, no conference tickets, no backyard barbecues. I want decent event hosts to send you a card explaining you are not invited because you are a Trump supporter. I wish Ikea and Target wouldn't let you buy their products. I wish your internet provider, who for sure knows you vote Trump, would cut you off as a customer. I want to see you shunned by every person and organization that doesn't support Trump's. Trump, no more access to their books, movies, products, music, events, artists, and influencers till you are left with nothing but Smash Mouth concerts and Ben Shapiro talking about his sex life. Some of you will tell me I have no choice, that you're a single-issue voter, and that your single issue is abortion, so you can only vote for an anti-abortion candidate and i will respond the republicans are making a fool of you and it goes on and on I think tasha it's, wants it's, to join your bands now she can be the <laughs> but it's interesting to me that like you know let's be real you've you've been brainwashed you got hoodwinked and now you're brainwashed and you're in so deep that you just like feel like you got to keep going with it but all the rest of us sane people just want you to stop yeah yeah that's what my blog post was about a couple weeks ago like i just lost my shit and just, <laughs> I did. I just lost it. And I was like, I, anyway, that's well, why. Well, I, the idea, you know, and we don't need to spend much time on this because we, you know, it's hard not to, but we always get into these political talks and not that we have any, there's nothing to debate here. But the idea that it's like some coastal elite, you know, thing, you're from the Midwest, Tasha's from the Midwest. I'm from just a sort of a suburban New England town. There's no like crazy, um, sort of, uh, you know, uh, elitist vibe to it, you know, Not but, at all. but I also see, I, I see, I don't, I don't even hate on people that vote Trump because I think, I truly do think that, that people's media is so like, there's a full generation of people that just cannot critically think and they're just going to live off of fear and they're so easily manipulated and they're just going to have to be aged out of the voting pool. But you know, we have a friend who shall remain anonymous while we say this, but we brought this up at a party a a few years ago. It had to have been pre-2016 because we were all talking about the election. Oh, I know who you're talking about. And uh, (laughs) he said there should be an IQ requirement to be allowed to vote. And I gasped and I said, but that's un-American. We all deserve the right to vote. But the more this goes on, the more I feel like "Mm, maybe there should be. Some kind of questionnaire. Like, Like, are you, do you think? Yeah, if you can't even decipher which, like, meme is fake news. But people, I just, people I think have gotten so lazy and I, I mean, it's sad. And I feel like as a responsible adult who does critically think and does read all different news sources and I go and ask people and I'm, I'm I care my I, I, like my parents generation they don't care they're just like oh Republican Christian whatever and it's like you can put as much stuff in their face like this is truth like this is stuff that's really happening and I'm not even a leftist like I've voted Republican before I'm yeah. uh, <clears throat> but I'm all on Marion Williams I'm this is just like human decency right now um there's been so much treason happening in front of all of our faces, and it just blows me away. The people can, st- and blatant, like, 
misogyny and sexism and all of this stuff in it. Why? I quit on her thread, but that's what she gets to is basically like if you can't support, you know, just normal human decency, just like you said, human decency, then I don't need you as a follower and I don't need you as a supporter. And I would happily see you go. I would happily block you, you know, and she I I thought she made some really valid points that, you know, it's hard enough when you're like living your life sort of online or in the public. And even people who aren't influencers, who aren't celebrities, you know, we're all online these days. Mm -hmm. We're all posting. We're all people have uh, strangers, especially have access to the majority of us, I would say. Absolutely. And, you know, I I don't know. I, I. it's it's a it's an interesting thing. Well, the you know it's it's not a, it's not necessarily a new thing. We've got the the chicks. I think is what their name is. The Dixie Chicks. I think they're called the Chicks now, right? Is that yeah, right? Did they, they did they really change their I'm name? I'm pretty they took sure that, that Dixie became racist. I'm yeah. not going to get into all that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Lady Antebellum is Lady A, but there's already a Lady A, and there's all everything trying to just shuffle around. Then the we whole. have what Ryan Reynolds apologizing. Oh for yeah, you got wedding. married like, in the plantation. On. Can we stop being so? sensitive and yeah. stop being so like everything doesn't have to be politically correct can we just there's a, there's a uh, yeah there's our lives there's got to be a segment there's a segment a segment of people that that know when the pendulum has swung too far but that doesn't mean they're conservative there's just like there's a group of people and when we try to all be defined in this binary way it's impossible you know mm-hmm. but yeah the dixie chicks they they said what like fuck bush they were in europe on a european tour next thing you know they're getting you know back then you know you 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 were blacklisted you know, if the radio stations didn't play you, you were done. And for a while there, they just killed their careers, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean guys, yeah, the same thing happened. Like, Sinead O'Connor killed her career when she was took a political stand against the Pope. Yeah. That's that's wild. That's <laughs> that was so God, that long was ago. So, I remember. <laughs> wow, the I world seems myself. so different. <laughs> this is why, like, comics can comics can handle the bullshit. Like, Bill Burr was on. A, I love I, Bill. Love Burr. him, right? And he's so logical. So he was on a morning talk show thing, you know, making fun of the Catholics and all this Catholic priests. And then the and then the talk show host goes, "Don't you think you've gone a little too far?" And then Bill Burr goes, "Don't you think the Catholic Church has gone a little too far?" Right. And it's like, yeah, a thousand percent. If we're gonna be throwing, you know, bows, let's just have at it. But there's there is this like moral um, thing with uh, media where it's like, no, we're we're like above this, and it's like we're all basically savages in our own way. Rock does a good job of just letting that out, but all of us, we're just the whole world has been like putting their necktie on and trotting to work, and now that shit's done. You know? Yeah, we are really back to our like most <laughs> base sort of like. Uh, I saw a naked guy getting arrested like an hour and a half ago. <laughs> I, I drove. I, I literally switched to the lane so I could get closer for the drive by. These cops, and this is when you talk about defunding the cops. What you really, what you really mean is not having cops have to deal with this. Like this is this was for sure a mental health expert's job, not a cop's job. But the cops are like putting on the gloves, like they were going to give this guy, you know, a prostate exam, and like they've got to mm. they've got to go from this naked dude to you know whatever the next call is and i'm like ah he ain't paying me enough to do that no way i don't know what this guy's on i don't want anything to do with it but yeah the world's going a little mad but i wonder if we're also just just kind of like you know going back to the mean of just like we're we're kind of bar we've just been barbarians up until the recent history and you you take this yeah little like barbarians in away. a suit like barely held together by a thread you know just like barely hanging on yeah, and like, now all hell's broken loose right you got like a, that 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 like imagery of like a dad who's just 
biting his tongue and then his coffee spills. And he's like, fucking Loses shit. His shit. It's like yeah, the straw that fucking breaks the camel's back yeah. for sure. And you were talking about before you were talking about before we got on air about about doing yoga and trying to trying to maintain your sanity while the the one thing you figured out that that's like how you like to burn off your energy is traveling and performing. And this has put a damper on that. So like what what it what how has it changed your dating life, your just overall mental health and what have you done to sort of you know, bring that back into your control. Nothing. I haven't <laughs> done anything. I Okay. So I wasn't, I'm not dating anybody. I haven't, I was kind of seeing somebody and I was coming up to Los Angeles a lot cause I liked somebody, but he didn't feel the same way. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> and so then the quarantine happened and I was supposed to leave for tour literally like two days before I was supposed to go to the East coast on March 17th. Gavin Newsom, shut everything down on the 15th. I cried. <laughs> I cried hard. Yeah. Um, and so, and at that time, like my roommates, my like interim between tours place that I was staying, his girlfriend had started moving her things in and her son. Preparing for you to go. Pre- preparing for me to leave. So I really was homeless then. So my two, my, uh, my friend who I do the cold candles with and her fiance is Gino Leonardo from Filter. And we were working on music over the last year and we've been working on candles. So I just quarantined on the farm. But that was like something I was like, I'm going to be here for a month, maybe two. And then five months later, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I no one but, no one has enough underwear for this. No, <laughs> no but I literally had moved all my stuff over to the farm, like the stuff that I have on the West Coast. And they're sick of me, but they, I, I had work to do because I was doing the candles and then I, I got to put out the book because I was supposed to do all the editing for this um, while I was on the road, which never would have happened. It's just that doesn't happen when you're on a tour bus. You can try to be outside of that rock world, but no, you're sleeping or you're with fans or you're getting fucked up or you're playing music. <laughs> so that happened. That's what I did, but still not dating it's just, it's, it's weird. I don't even... How would you meet guys before the pandemic? Are, are you dating... Uh, does the band date? How does this work? Well, What's the rules? Of, um, I'm, I'm the only single one of the band. So we've got married, two married people and two people who have been in... Rela- have kids. You know, like 13-year-olds and six and seven-year-olds. So I'm the only one who is single. And I'm the, the only girl. I was say, you're yeah, the only I'm the only the female. So I'm the only one. Everybody else. So I, I don't know... I'm not on any kind of dating app because I can't be on Tinder. Somebody can't be like, oh, my God, the bass player for cold is on Tinder. (laughs) Like that doesn't work in my world. So I just have to like organically meet people or be set up with someone or meet somebody who does what I do. Because it's also really hard to date because I am on the road and I am a high profile kind of You should get on Raya. What's that? That's oh, a yeah. celebrity <laughs> dating app. Oh, well. You have to get like referred to be on it. It's all like chicks and chefs. It's a bunch of dudes who cook. <laughs> I think that's what they want. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I like to eat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cuz I'm the the imagery of of men in the rock world is they're getting blown, they're living this lifestyle, you know. The band is so much more boring. I mean, back in the day before I was in the band, I'm sure that was, a, <laughs> I've heard stories. But are women getting propositioned? Like, like imagine if the roles were reversed and some dude's like, let me into that back room, I'll, I'll eat you out. Like, <laughs> let's let me in. What do I need to do? I'm going to say this last tour that I was on, I think maybe twice, I got hit on and I feel like the guys were just drunk enough. <laughs> to hit on me, but I'm so particular about who I date. 
I I'm I don't just date people. You absolutely have to have your shit together. You have to be doing something creative, not just trying to get laid. Random hookup. I'm just not about that. And I don't know if it's because I'm in my 40s now. Are you? Wow. Yeah. I just turned 42. lemon water skin. Girl, girl. that's right. I've been doing that shit for like 20 years. You look like a farm farm hand 25. You don't look a terrible. I party hard, though. I don't know. 42. That's a great year. But I think the rock and roll is... um, it keeps you young. I mean, I stay creative and I stay active and I do work out five days a week at least. But isn't that the truth? And it keeps you young. You're doing what you love. I do what I love. Imagine, imagine you know, putting, you know, you're 42. So imagine putting 20 plus years in a world where you're just working in a cubicle. You're just renting out that Ford Fiesta at Or thrifty. a world where you're unhappy. Because I do mm. believe that unhappiness, you know, not feeling creatively fulfilled, I guess would be like more what I'm going for. It wears on you. It wears Wears yeah, and tears imagine. your body. Versus the people that just continuously pull at their creativity, like a Betty White, and just people that can live a long life, very sharp, because they keep challenging their mind and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, what, like, what, when? How old were you? Because obviously, coming from the Midwest, you probably not just immediately exposed to like I'm gonna, you know, be in a, a rock band. Like, what age did you kind of think that this is something you might? be able to do well as soon as i heard nirvana and pearl jam i mean but i always knew so when i was a little girl listening to debbie gibson in the third grade like out of the blue um love appeared before my eyes with you (laughs) 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 um i wanted to i wanted to do that i wanted to be on stage i wanted to sing and i didn't even start thinking about playing an instrument until i was about 16 17 when i started watching courtney love and hole and then the cranberries and all of these pj harvey uh i mean the list goes on and on kim deal like all these people were playing music and that's what i wanted to do so i started playing my dad's guitar and just started writing my own music oh so your dad played guitar so my dad dad played guitar but i mean like he had the same guitar that he had when he was in i was like an alvarez classical guitar and he had this mel bay book that didn't even have like the cover on it anymore it was all torn up but i just learned how to play like cdfg Wrote they, my wrote my first song when I was like sixteen or seventeen. And were they supportive or like did could they wrap their head around this? No, being something you not wanted? really. But I never had like a normal life because they were so Christian and like I was raised in a very Bible thumping home and church all the time. So I was the rebel. So I literally most of my high school life I was in juvenile detention because I would run away. I would go to concerts. I would smoke weed. I would. <clears throat> I would just do anything that I could to like have some kind of freedom. I think you guys could be like soul sisters coming yeah. over here. What part of Ohio I, are you from? Well, my family's from Finley, but I'm from a little town called Kokomo, Indiana, which is about 30 miles north of Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah. So I, but I like learned how to become a, I didn't go to college. So I was like, I'm going to play music. I'm going to be a body piercer. So I did an apprenticeship and I became a body piercer and had dreadlocks and moved to Florida to play music and start a band. So I didn't have like a normal life. I didn't even start college. So the dreadlocks, are you like that is your one way ticket to Florida. I think a white chick getting dreadlocks and you go to Florida. <laughs> I mean, but I was in a I was in a rock band, but I have always moved across the country. Like I sold a car for a or I traded in my car. I had like a Grand Prix sport little white cute supercar. Super cute car and uh, traded it in for a van and like packed up all my gear. And just went to Florida and ha- stayed at somebody's house for months until I got a job. And 
it's really just about like following your passion mm-hmm. and like following the road, the path as it's laid out in front of you. Those breadcrumbs that we always talk about it's taking chances, saying, flow. fuck it, let's it's just do it. Sort of the same as like, how do you handle quarantine best? Well, don't try and control it. Just go with the flow. Yeah. Be, you know? I mean, Let be as safe happen. as you can. Yeah. And we, we were, um, we were talking about, uh, just well first of all the idea that it used to be the idea that if you played it safe you'd be rewarded and the pandemic and the last recession and we're just constantly shown like what did he what does it get you to play it safe you know oh you know healthcare. oh okay yeah even if you have health care you get the wrong type of you know you're done you're done there's no playing it safe you you, you find a way to make what you want to do your reality and everything else will kind of like transpire around it. Now you had mentioned we haven't read your book Unfuckwithable, but you had mentioned uh, Wayne Dyer in here. So what's your um, what's your Wayne Dyer sort of uh, experience? Because I'm a, he's in my soul. Well, father. everything. <clears throat> I mean, I I believe in manifestation, and I believe uh, in like Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm like super into quantum physics. So when I meditate on a daily basis, like I really have to get that vibration around me and see it and feel it, and I just know that things are gonna work out, and I'm not worried about it. Like I moved here, I don't have a job. I'm just selling my book, I'm doing the best I can. I don't know what's gonna happen. I, <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen with anything. It sounds crazy. But I just, I'm okay. Yeah, you're okay. And and when, when you have a growth mindset, when you're just able to roll with it, my, my favorite saying is leap in the net will appear. When you ha- when you can have that chance to just take that leap, you realize that things do work out. Now, it might not be the direction that you wanted, but if you just don't, if you just like accept the, the gifts that kind of come from deciding to do something new or pursue your dreams, you will be presented with opportunities. Now, assuming mm-hmm. you're not sitting on your ass. Right. But if yeah, you're you have there, to do it also. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Marianne Williamson, we were reading her book back when we saw her in the first debate. Oh, that girl lights me up. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about aging well. She's like in her (laughs) mid to late 60s. Yeah, she looks great. Um, But she said something in her book that really stuck with me. And it said, like, imagine that the world is conspiring for everything to work out in your favor. A thousand percent it is. Yeah. It really is. The universe gives us everything in abundance and this yeah, just tapping into it and it's having the mindset to tap into it and not having coming from a lack perspective which do is, you have any sorry to interrupt dave do you have any like manifestation tips because i'm just recently starting to get into manifesting again we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast that i really felt like i was super in tune back in like the days of the secret so a long time ago mm-hmm. and like when i was living in new york over a decade ago i felt really in tune but la kind of wiped that from me so here i am building this practice from scratch again Mm -hmm. and I was looking for like a manifestation workbook didn't really find what I was looking for but we did pick up some books that we're working through but um I also downloaded Headspace the meditation app and I was just wondering like what do you have any tips for getting into like a meditative practice yes I do um I use insight timer which is it's a free app also um but the biggest thing in if you haven't read any of Dr. Joe Dispenza, you need to. Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself is one of the first ones that I read. Currently in the middle of reading Becoming Supernatural. But he really talks about how in manifesting, it's like if you think about how when you place an order online, and I just saw this yesterday from like my source message shit that you know I get on Instagram because I am like love to go through and see positive things. But it's like we... We see something online, we place our order, 
And then we just know that in three to five, sometimes two weeks, it's going to come to us. That's just kind of yeah, how it is. You expect it's going to so, arrive so unless it, you're like ordering it from yeah, China. We're not, we're not worried about <laughs> the manufacturing codes. We just know it's going to show up yeah. for our money back. And we don't know. And so one of the things I always say to myself, like what's meant for me is not going to pass me by. You can't lose anything that's good for you. So when people or things go out of my life or come into my life, I'm just like, it's just really about being okay, but having like a clear, a clear vision on what you want. So yeah, I know I don't want to be single forever. I know what the guy that I would like looks like. And so I've kind of put that in the, in the universe. So I'm just working on myself right now. Cause I still like, I'm not exactly the way, like where I need to be. I'm a little mad sometimes and a little crazy <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, it just is what it is. But I think that the main thing is the clear vision and then feeling it, like knowing that it's already there. Like thank you, thank you, thank you universe for giving me what I've always wanted. And then you just kind of have this like calm and peace because you've already received it and your, your body doesn't like know the difference between not receiving it because you're feeling it. And that's really kind of what Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about a lot is that feeling. And that's when it can come to you and you don't know how, and it's usually something way better than what you expected. Our uh, friend of the podcast, Erica Wernick, uh, she always quotes him as a, as like one of someone that just resonates with her that when she's on the show. And uh, yeah, there's so there's, when you talk about having a vision, that's the most important thing because you need to be very clear with what you tell the world that you want. I've just like Tasha have, have I had fool's luck when I was uh, new into the industry. And you know, every, every comic is trying to tap into that confidence that had their first year, you know, and we were yeah. just garbage, just garbage. <laughs> but the, having the vision and not this, you know, cause cynicism is the death of everything. The second you're in the, it's so easy when you have a friend that like, I, like even like uh, my buddy Channing, I'll complain to him a lot. And it's like, I don't want to be the guy who complains, but like, he's like my therapy guy. I can just like mm. complain about shit. And I have to remember, okay, it's, it's all right. To, if you have like a new thing to like get off your chest, but there, but you know, we've, uh, we've had, uh, uh, Petra Kolboron who, who, wrote the perfection detox and she talks about ruminating and how how the brain just wants to words and thoughts are such powerful things absolutely and we get what you ruts. focus on expands yeah mm, so always. it's so hard now like what how do you stop yourself we, we talked about this recently about stopping yourself from from spiraling out of control how do you stop it when you know it's there and get back onto that that right path it's called the pivot you just recognize it honor it like okay i'm being a dick what I focus on expands. What do I want? And it's just asking yourself the questions and like literally taking a moment and saying, fuck off, manage your life, get back on it. What do I want? And then thank the universe for allowing you to move on and having that experience because it'll, and then it gets better and faster. Cause I was like, I was a mess a couple of weeks ago. I was in bed for two days. I was crying. Like everybody's checking up on me and I'm like, why did I move to LA? This is a bad <laughs> idea. What am I doing? Um, and then I just had to kind of a come to Jesus. I was just like, what? this is all I'm always want to be here. Like all the time. I've all like when I was a little girl, all I wanted to do was be in LA and I'm always like, I'm a California a Midwest girl living her California dreams because my entire life, my goal was to get out to LA. And then I was like living on a farm and yeah, I was busy, but there wasn't music. There's like, was no life there. I was just like 
bored. Tasha wants to live on this farm. <laughs> She's uh, yes. like, give me a goat. She Sign me up for goat. the farm. I know. Well, the farm is great, but that's like, I am a city girl and all my friends are here. I just needed to be here. Yeah. But it's, it's a pivot. And also it happens. You're going to go back and forth. Maybe you're going to be like PMS. I notice that I get a little bit more weepy and emotional when I'm about to start. And I get a little bit more cynical and angry. And when I'm super hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it's a hundred degrees in Los Angeles. How do you? I mean, well, it's <laughs> happening this weekend again. Too. This is a question. I'm for, not going to be here. This I'm going down south for sure. It's a question for both of you, I guess. But like, how do you how do you proactively uh, deal with the hormones of every month? Kind of having this like self sabotage. Not necessarily like I don't even mean it, it is, in a negative. It kind of is self sabotage sometimes. Well, I mean, it I seems do. like I it's a lot. That. It yeah, a it is a lot. There are actually books and guides out there for like naturally going with your flow. Like the first week of your cycle, you're supposed to create, or I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, <laughs> but if you look it up online, Google does. So, you know, like week one is supposed to be like your rest week. Week two is your creative week. Week three is your energy week. Read four, I don't know. But like you can time your life to be like tackling creative projects at the right time if you want. And then like mm. taking it easy on weeks when you're supposed to take it easy. But I don't know. We live in a modern world, so that yeah. might not be know. very practical. I feel like I've been taking it easy a lot lately. <laughs> and I'm still mad. <laughs> I mean, do you have time? I've been taking when, a lot of me days. Do you have times when you got like to perform? Like, what do you do? How do you get yourself into the mood when you're just not feeling it? You know, because I'm sure there's a lot of highs performing, but there's got to be nights when you got to deliver when you're just not really there. Well, yeah. Well, last night I sat down and I was working on a song for a hip hop artist. But then I stopped and started writing a blog post. So <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I'm kind of all over the board right now. Like sometimes I can do it. And then I'll have nights where I'm just like, I'm gonna go over the cold list, the like our set list that I was rehearsing before we got canceled. It's like, oh, I forgot how to play that song. So I have to like recall and like relearn everything. Is this the longest you've gone without performing? Yeah. In, for a stretch? Isn't it crazy the muscle memory, how, I mean, you can just lose because I, I mean, very different. But also, I've had I've done only like one or two shows like during this whole time, and I don't remember half you the shit your, I wrote. Your, yeah, you forget your jokes. I have friends that go, "Dude, that one you did about the thing," and I go, "I don't know how that goes at all." <laughs> They're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, I know I wrote it; it's just gone. I have to go find a video of it or something. I, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've watched videos of myself performing songs because I'm like, "Oh wait, where does it go?" And I can't find it because I I learned by ear. So anyway, I, but I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to get a little bit better at it and, and being disciplined. But going through this transition from moving just in the last month, I've literally been here a month. Um, I don't know. It's going to get easier, and it's starting to get easier. Yeah. It's getting cooler, so I'm not as angry. Well, the fact that we just as a society think you're supposed to just roll with these emotions, like you, you know, like we, we just drove, we just came across the country, and I told Tasha, I was like, "This is going to be a tough one." We, you know, we've we've done like visiting our family and coming back, but we both had a real good time. I mean, we had uh, Tasha, or was uh, it became an ordained minister. She she married she married our friends. She That's killed fun. it. She killed it. She's doing it. She got the vows. She's off book she's going i mean i was crying for her i was like this is amazing <laughs> Aww, it was amazing it. and Thanks. then we and then we, my family had a thing where we all got to see family i haven't really gotten a chance to really see really see since like 
I've moved out here six years ago just because like you catch them for a day or two and it was so great. And I was just like, we have to be aware that we're going to come back to LA. There's gonna be a lot of problems that we've forgot about and we're just going to have to be like top of our game, like just ready to just absorb like the good, the new opportunities because so many people are in similar positions where like the unemployment ran out, the this ran out, the that ran out. I don't want my old job. I gave all of my all of my old side jobs, like shirts and hoodies and everything, it's gone. It's going to charity. There's something new for me. I don't know what it is, but I've that's when it comes to leaping the net with a pair, I've leapt the clothes to the goodwill. It's done. Something new will happen. And so I've created the space for it, and I don't know what it is. But all the time, I'm showing Tasha, you know, podcasts that are you know, um, more successful in the sense that they've got a bigger audience and we've got a Patreon, uh, you know, a loyal following that kind of uh, helps support us. And, you know, we already do all the work and now it's about like kind of getting it to a bigger level. And I know with music, it's the same way. It's like, you already wrote the song. Now it's just mm-hmm. about getting everyone to, to appreciate it. it. Right. And so, yeah. And just like with the book, I've sold hundreds of books and I'm so grateful, but now I just hired a new publicist because I- I've done what I can do on my own. Like I need to go to a a bigger level and just do more and those kind of things, which, Oh, by the way, um, one of my biggest dreams ever has been to be in Bass Player Magazine, and I have a feature, wow. two-page feature coming out oh, in September. Yes. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah, that's a good one. How um, exciting. Yep. And that's- they're promoting the book, and I'm in it. Like, Girl, congrats. That's so awesome. That's one of those things where it's like, just worry about the what. Don't worry about the how. Don't right. worry about the just why. Do wor- just do the work. Focus on your what you want. So and the, don't worry about all the other superfluous Right. Stuff. So it's funny because one of the things that I, I don't even know if I put this in the book, but I tell this to everybody. Like life, there are two rules in life. One comes from the field of dreams and one comes from LL Cool J. Build it and they will come and then doing it and doing it and doing it well. Like, so you just have to build whatever it is you're going to build and fucking do it well. Like, do what you can and, like, let life do its little chest. I mean, it's really game. the world we live in. Like, with, with all the different places online where you can share your craft. Like, I've referenced this dude over and over, but there's a dude who's, like, building... Um, like a drone that you can sit in like he's building a drone that just is gonna you can fly yourself I don't he hasn't gotten the thing off the ground but I'm like man and he's on TikTok so he's got all these videos of him doing it I'm like you take that into MIT you take that into somewhere they're gonna they're gonna appreciate that more than a resume you I know? feel like I saw something like that in Mexico so a couple years ago um I was in Mexico for a month I was like in Cabo and San Jose there was a dude that like built his own little thing on the beach and he was flying it and was getting up like 20 feet. No shit. Yeah. Well, this is the world but we I don't live know, in. Like, it, I don't think it was, a, I don't know what it was, but he built it and he was getting it up off the ground and it was impressive. Like a drone? Like a, like, like a four little, props or something? Yeah. It was, wow. it was weird. Yeah. It was so weird. No, but I'm, I'm invested in people just building whatever it is they want and just figuring it out. Well, I love that. Speaking of drones, you did you guys hear like two days ago? The jetpack guy? What, that was that literally the, I, the day that we landed <laughs> at LAX. So I was like, was it our plane? Well, okay, <laughs> so what's, I haven't, I don't, I never heard anything else about it. Like what was that? Is that actually a you thing? You know, I haven't clicked on any of the articles. I, I just laughed and scrolled on by okay but um somebody said they think it was actually a mannequin like someone strapped a jetpack to a mannequin <laughs> i don't know hey it's 2020 no, that's just another headline that i saw maybe it was a mannequin 
don't know. That's just funny. I mean, could you imagine like <laughs> the pilot? <laughs> no, but it's dangerous. That's too. a beautiful view right there. Hey, look at that. It? That's the view. We that. do this every. Uh, we do this every episode. We acknowledge the sunset. So I'm going to steal your your your, uh, your lens here, and I'm going to point it to the sunset here just for a second. But yeah, this is it. This That's is so it. Los Angeles right yeah. there. It's and the it's perfect extra beautiful picture. because the poor air quality today. I mean, it really is extra gorgeous. It's so red. Uh, this battery just died. I think we lost this angle. We we just r let them roll until they die. But um, let me see if I have a battery for it. I don't think I don't think I do up here. I think I only have the other one. Anyway, we got the the white shot. So you're not gonna show them the beautiful sunset. Well, I got a piece of it, and then the thing shut down. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, it's tough producing and just sound ops and editing. It's a whole thing. I'm just very overwhelmed over here. Wearing a lot of hats. A lot of hats going on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is it, right? It's all about the vision, and a lot of people just don't know what the fuck they want to do with life. And I I always just encourage them to just really think about what makes you happy. Because it might not be something like playing bass. It might be bringing people together. And so then you get into event planning and help you, you like to facilitate other people's dreams. I mean, everyone's different. But if you don't know what it is, now is the time to like really listen. Because right. it's going to present itself to you over and over and over. So like, what is it that makes you feel good? That's the longevity that everyone's searching for. Yeah, and that's what the book's all about. It's literally about finding what you love and making yourself unfuckwithable. So people aren't discouraging you like, oh, you can't do that. I mean, when I was growing up, my parents were discouraging of the rock industry. They're like, well, you have to know people. Well, I went out and met people. <laughs> I just, yeah. I never let that stop. And even when I was in bands in my 20s and 30s that didn't, that weren't successful, I just never stopped. I would just start something new. And yeah. because of that, I'm now in my favorite band that I like loved seriously so but that's what that's what unfuckable what <laughs> that's what unfuckable is about yeah it's being just, undeniable just, just like you said doing you it love. and doing it and doing it mm -hmm. undeniably so well we need to inspire the world we need mm -hmm. to just make it better make this world a better place and well because just like what we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast let's put a positive spin on it all of that stuff like we were talking about toxicity just breeding more toxicity and mm -hmm. all of this fear and hate and anger just breeding more fear and hate and anger like wouldn't it be awesome if all of us could tap into this sort of like higher level of thinking mm -hmm. and all of us could know that we are provided for in abundance by the universe that all of our wildest dreams can come true you know how yeah. what a happy beautiful wonderful world that would be it would be great yeah. and everybody would be helping each other and there wouldn't be like yeah that's and i think that's what dr wayne dyer was going for in all of his books and a lot of these spiritual teachers are, so we, and I think that change begins in your backyard. So we have to do what we can do as individuals and the people around us and help elevate them to a different level also. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Elevate, elevate each other. It's almost like the people that are willing to, you know, in, in entertainment, the people that are willing to share the job listings with their other friends, my buddy mm -hmm. Quincy Johnson, he always sends me like, Hey, now now's the time to apply for that grant. Hey, hey here there's, they're casting this thing. And he's always, and it's like, that does not go unnoticed when you have people that support you. Mm -hmm. And also like, I mean, if I'm going to, you should never help somebody else out and expect them to help you 
back. Like no. that's that's kind of my Catholic upbringing. It's like, let me help you out, but I, you owe me. But the idea is you, you want to help each other out because you kind of have the same best interests in mind that we're, we're there is enough for everybody. Plenty. And yeah, yes. Operating from that perspective of abundance. You don't have to worry. I That's something that I really appreciated in New York. We must have talked about this recently. I re- very specifically remember meeting this one girl. I don't know who she was, but it was kind of right around the time that I was getting into the secret. And I mean, I don't remember her name, um, but she was a model. She was from a much better agency than mine. And I was working with like two agencies at the time, like mid tier agencies. And she was like, you got to go talk to my agent. You got it. They're going to love you. You got to go talk to my agent. She's a brunette. You know, I'm a brunette. Mm -hmm. She's taller than we we really looked similar so like for her to refer me to her agency knowing that we fall into the same category like really was shocking to me because you know my my experience in the modeling world previously was sort of secretive and private Mm -hmm. and people not wanting to share information not wanting to share agencies whatever not wanting to share their cat what castings are going on today whatever um but uh, that that experience with this one girl i wish i could remember her name totally changed my perspective and from then on i was it was like, oh my God, we can live in this world. And every time I met a new model, like a green girl fresh to New York, I was like, oh, go see my agents. This one's the worst agency, but they'll get you consistent bookings. This mm-hmm. one's the middle agency. You'll probably book one a week with them. This one's the best agency. You might get one every two months or so, but like that's where you'll earn big money. And and like all of this giving it translates to getting. It truly does. It truly does. This is why I love Wayne. I loved Wayne Dyer so much. Is and I love. I, I started out, you know, 15 years ago reading The Secret, and then I read like um, some some other, you know, got a little bit more spiritual because I think The Secret was like for me like the coloring book of how it all works. But it's like you know you don't just put it on a vision board. There's a lot of action that has to take place. Like you have to envision it, but like open your eyes and go. Just start. Sorry, did you hear that? Yeah. We, we've got a Mexican radio station that sometimes <laughs> kicks in here. I'm pretty sure this old building of ours used to just be like a Quinceañera dojo or something. I don't know. There's always something going on. Anyway, um, uh, so I just loved that Wayne Dyer. Like, I just I just bought his book, Manifest Your Destiny. What the fuck is that creature <gasps> from hell? Is that a roach? Dave, you got to take oh care God. of it. You got to get it on It camera. was broadcasting to the uh, aliens to come pick it up. Oh, Honey, this is not get funny. It. Hold on, Please I'm just get getting it. a video of it. Okay, I got the video. That now I'll go does back. look like a roach. <gasps> well, it's a the roach. roaches are huge in California. Honey, it's, it's getting closer. <gasps> it is getting closer. You, get, you need to bat that shit off the roof. Take your shoe off, honey. Oh, Jesus. It's gonna take your shoe off. Kick it away. Kick it off the roof. <laughs> oh boy. Sorry for our listeners. This is gross. Bugs are gross, kids. Gross. It's right over there. It's upside down though. Just it's not going anywhere. Just stomp on it gently. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, there you go. All right. It's going to bake tomorrow in the sun. <laughs> I think that we should kill it fastly yeah. so it doesn't like, so it's have humane. a horrible, well, it's, no, it's a gonna, horrible it's death. It's, it's alive. It's just uh, I put it in a glass cup and I'll deal with it in a few minutes. All righty. That's, fir- that's a first on the rooftop. I mean, Ooh, I'd rather see a roach on the rooftop. My uh, racing. Yeah, better, <laughs> better on the roof than in our house. Gosh, but. You acted like a like a mountain lion was about to attack us. <laughs> that's it, how I am with spiders. I mean, I mean I'm freak out about spiders. That was, and, it reminded me of um, 
uh, that was men two in black. That was two inches long. It was like a very, it seemed like a very smart roach. Like he was coming over <laughs> here to investigate what was going on. And I just didn't want him anywhere near. Well, us. we've been uh, watching that show alone where they have to eat animals. If I if I was like trying to win a million bucks on a on an island, I would have to eat that roach. That's that roach has protein on it. That that thing had like an exoskeleton. If you were Gross. on naked and afraid. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd be eating bugs. That's why I will not go on a show like that. No. Yeah. No. no thanks. Count me so out. So speaking, we got to tell you about this show. We uh, I just bought a TV off of my buddy. He he moved to Texas. He's going to listen to this and he's going to boot us off all of his if, apps that he left on the TV. This buddy, <laughs> this is my buddy Darren. <laughs> We got a 65-inch TV. He left us the holy grail. This is like pandemic 2.0. He left us the holy grail of apps. Because I mean, we don't have cable. We've always just had Netflix, Netflix Hulu, Hulu, Showtime, Stars, HBO, the the main ones, so but never regular cable. But we've been wanting to watch this show called Renovation Island. I don't even know where I well, heard about it. Well, we watched the first episode for free before we had the HGTV subscription. <laughs> and now we have HGTV, and boy, we're powering through Renovation Island. It's they, it's this family. They're from they're from Canada. They're super Canadian. They talk. They say they process and you know like they're in the uh, water closet. It turns out they're actually very <laughs> successful because I googled them. They're worth a lot of money. They buy this. They buy this dilapidated. Is it dilapidated or dilapidated? Dated. Dilapidated. Um, um, they buy, buy this dilapidated uh, coastal hotel in uh, in the Bahamas for two million dollars. They think they're going to put three million bucks. They think they're going to have it ready in four months. You know, we're we're thirteen months into this process. They haven't. You know, they're not even ready to open up yet. But they're they're they have a whole. Uh, but you know this Bahama crew and they're re- re- renovating it and everything and it's cool to just watch them like invest all of their life savings into but what happened is they don't know this we're watching it's like watching a train wreck happen because they don't know that the pandemic's going to wipe them out for another year so we're watching it from last year and they're about ready to open up but if I, I like went on their Instagram and found out that as soon as they were ready to open up you know they spent like 10 million dollars over what their budget was that the uh, uh, pandemic no really I thought that they got open before that, I didn't realize. It well, was they so might close. have, but how many seven hundred dollar night suites can you sell before In you get shut down a for a year? Because they they all I, the Bahamas I, is open though. No, nah, the well the Bahamas. No, you have to quarantine. I looked into it because look, trust. I'm like I got money. I need to travel. I got to do something. I think we can only go to Mexico. But if you just quarantine for fourteen days, then. It's chill, I know, but right? I just want to go for like five. Okay. <laughs> I'm not trying to be spending all my money in the Bahamas. But yeah, I know that I know the dude who who um, does the excursions with the pigs, the floating pigs, and the exuma the swimming pigs. pigs. The swimming pigs. What do they float to, right? Anyway, and he was just he's on Facebook being like, "Oh, let us open already," because you know, you know, it's not a, that's not necessarily a political thing. People just have to choose between: is this going to kill? me or you know or will going broke kill me in a different way you know what i mean that's a whole separate issue that we don't have to deal with because you know you know we're just kind of hanging tight we're, we're lucky not to be business owners like that on that right. level so where are they now like are they okay is the hotel the ho- well look this family's they're the highest it was called the island of um brian that was the name of the Canadian version of it. So we're watching Renovation Island, but for our Canadian listeners, it was called Island of Brian. But they're just a good-looking f- couple with three kids. I'm always thinking about how they fuck. Oh, their last name. Is that what you're saying? Baumholler is like their last name or something like that. Oh. Something. Brian? Why is it called Brian? That's his name. It's Brian. Oh. Isn't that his name? His first name? Yeah. Anyway, know. we <laughs> I'll never know the names, but we're watching it. But um they got it. They're they're gonna be fine. You know, they're worth they're they're worth a lot of money. I'll but but every single thing that could have gone wrong went wrong. And they're just like 
dealing with it as a family. And it's like, I don't know, it's cool. It's cool to watch. But, um, yeah, we're, we have the holy grail of TV right now. My only problem is if Darren moved to Texas, whenever he stops paying his California cable bill, we're going to lose it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not necessarily. Unless he might transfer it over, right? Oh, but I think he said they have the Google Fiber there. Yeah. So you're right. You better, better watch, watch it up, Buttercups. Really watch <laughs> it up. Listen, this is all we have at this point. We've got HGTV in an mm. unlimited amount of time. But um, <laughs> we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. Uh, how can people, we have to start getting out of here because the sun went down, so we're going to lose some light. But uh, you, we've got your book here. And by the way, um, Unfuck With The Bull, you might have the best um, table of contents here. You've got... Um, uh, Say yes more, especially if it scares the shit out of you. I mean, you have some really shut the fuck up sometimes. That's a good one. Um, is that something that your boyfriends have told you? You just need to shut the fuck up sometimes. <laughs> so if somebody tells me to do it, that's that, a hard no. Yeah. Um, it's like when, when we tell ourselves to Sometimes do it. I know it's like, in my best interest to just shut the just fuck shut up. up. You're, I mean, honestly, I feel like these, like, like what's a marriage? Marriage should never be your end destination. What's that all about? Well, I was married at one time. Uh, for three years in my 20s and I think that a lot of people are like looking for marriage without really knowing who they are so that whole chapter is really about learning how to love yourself and be alone with yourself and be whole as a person instead of just looking for someone else to a complete lot, I mean, you, yeah, you well, people's identity is wrapped around other people other people yeah. or the, even their family where it's like I had a kid so now that's my life and it's like well I think the kid will benefit the most if it has a mom or a dad that's like doing what they got, love. Yeah, doing what they love, not just being some just angry because you know the tater tot, whatever it is. You know, like I'm very specifically talking about my sister. You know, but <laughs> well, my sister they had four kids, and and, they, and I get it. It's like they're still young, so like that's her life. But like, I just want her to go out and you know take a dancing class or something. I just, there's not she does nothing that's not completely wrapped around four children. And like I get it. Like if you have kids and for that's what some you people do. that is their dream, that is their passion. But not for everyone. And so I think the 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 moral of the story is yeah, be comfortable with yourself as an individual and you don't have to think of marriage as the end goal like you said. I think especially you said you were married in your 20s. Like when you're younger, you sort of think like, oh, I'll get married. I'll have kids. We'll grow up happily ever after the end. And like, that's, that's it. No, you've got 50 nah. more years. I've got lots of things to yeah. do. <laughs> I like that you are not your job. What's that all about? Um, identity again. Again, again, identity. But it's, I, I wanted, I used all of these examples because I've gone through them. So this book is like literally my stories in, in this when I, I got wrapped up in my identity as the lead singer of Neon Love Life, and we were like the number one band in Indianapolis, we had the cover of the Nouveau. Our record was it's number one. It's a great one. title. Um, yeah, it was an all female band, and I was the one that was like, "Okay, I ordered a thousand T-shirts. We're gonna tour. We're gonna do all the things." And then I was the pusher. Nobody had the same vision as me, as far as like being in rock and just touring. And they broke, we broke up. So I was just, it, I, I was in bed for days just crying my face off. But it's like, we're not our jobs. And even like the jobs that we have every day, like, you know, when I used to do social media, all like the online marketing for Crackers Comedy Club, that's not my identity. But yes, the entire book is basically finding out who the fuck you are and stop like using these excuses. Well, oh, I'm working at McDonald's. Well, I fucking worked at McDonald's. It was great. I got to say good morning. 
to the people every morning. I, they, I was the first person that they got to see. So I could help someone have a good day. That's a great it's way like to look a way, at that. Yeah, it's like changing your thought process. And, and your perspective. And your perspective. Now, what you focus on expands. I never miss an opportunity to bring gender into the conversation. What's the main difference being in a all-male band, except for you, versus an all-female band? I... Uh, I get along, I think, better with guys. I have some really great female friends, but I, I'm, I'm like a guy. I, I think like a guy. I mean, I've, and I've had people tell me this. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not so petty. I think females are, can be petty. Oh, <laughs> what do we got over there? Is it a somebody's twenty fifth birthday? Is it a? Is it? Oh, we got the whole fucking world's coming to an end here. Is he in a? Is he in a jetpack? No, I, can't I was around. like, what is that out of the corner of my eye? Is it David Blaine going by Only in a balloon? in Los Angeles. Oh, those are expensive. There's like a. They five, are expensive. Those are like thirteen dollars. They are. They five are. Foot tall uh, let, uh, letters or numbers or whatever. That's funny. Okay. That's, anyway, I forgot what we were. Someone's talking. really pissed right now. Oh, but being in a male, I love it. I'm taken care of. I'm like the little sister. That's great, and, yeah. Yeah, I learned so much from them. So. No, no, I mean, I feel like a lot of people say, like, I just get along better with guys than girls. And I don't hear it the other way. Where, you know, fuck, man, I only chill with women, you know? <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not trying yeah, to like uh, make a case for guys. That's, We're obviously pieces of that's shit. That's an interesting <laughs> thing because I, uh, you know, I I have sort of always identified that way as well, and I think. I think it stems from insecurity. I don't know. I, I hate like when we like, it's almost feels anti-feminist to be yeah. like, I'm not like other girls. You know, you know, you're right. And I'm like sitting here thinking and I'm like, I've got some really dope female Girl best friends. friends. Yes. Yeah. But I really think it's about finding your, tri- like you're tri- finding your tribe. Um, <laughs> and like some people you just vibe with better than others, guys and girls. There's plenty of dudes that like, we know that I just like kind of uh-uh. have to grit my teeth and roll my eyes the whole time we're around right. them. And there's girls that I feel that way about, but there are girls that are like, we really have the same sort of outlook and perspective mm-hmm. and we're chill or we're both uptight or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. know, like there's some people that you vibe with and there's some people that you don't vibe with. So you say and vibe with. With both good, genders. Yeah, that's I, good. I look at it this way. Like we were in Michigan, you know, on the pontoon boat. We're all hanging out. Can you hang? That's if you can hang, it doesn't matter your gender, age, none, none of that matters. If you can hang, and by hang, that's kind of just like a general term. But like, are you are you an energy? Are you kind? Suck, or are you, are you cool? funny? Yeah, yeah. Are you a vampire? And also, are you one upping everybody? Like, shut up! I don't want to hear like if I if I tell a story, I don't want to hear a one up. Oh, I'm yeah. a one upper. I, I gotta work on. I that. have to. Well, I, I sometimes am too. So sometimes I have I'm a poor to, conversationalist. Like sometimes I just wish that I was like better at going with the flow. Oh, there's a oh. whole uh, group of people right now. Like you know, I, I I face my fair share of criticism because I'll get you know I'll get excited having espresso and be like, let me tell you about my day. <laughs> Sit down, Lindsay. I'm gonna talk to you. And I gotta be like, okay, now how about you? You know, oh, we're out of time. Gotta go. You know? <laughs> but yeah, basically the whole first 300 episodes of this podcast was. Dave just talking over me. Well, you know, you've sorry. gotten better. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate <laughs> that. I try my best. I really do. It's not easy. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's about hanging. It's about. Um, it's really an energy thing. It's it's weird that it feels like spiritual to say, but like you know, there is a difference. Like you, I grew up Catholic. Although my mom was very, my mom is very spiritual. But like you know, stand up on stage. You're just trying to read people's energy. 
You know, you're just trying to be like, are we cool? Are we, you know, they just, it feels like a war zone until, until the whole audience collectively decides they're on your, you're on your side, you know? It'll, and I'm sure, I'm sure in a band you, I mean, you tell me, but like, you probably get the benefit of the doubt. Like at what point were people, at what point did you, did you feel like you tra- transitioned from having to prove yourself as a band to people w- being there wanting to see you? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful because my, the band that I'm in was, was already established. They already had two gold records. So they, I, it, what was good is that the fans took me in because the original bassist has, had been with them for 15 years. And so now this new girl is coming in. Um, but they were very receptive to me. So I didn't really have to, it's all good. Yeah. And I now got, you're on, but I got lucky, right? I don't well, now you're in Bass Player Magazine. Is that what it's called? Bass Player Bass Magazine? Bass Player Magazine. Bass oh, Player yeah. Magazine. There's yeah. a magazine. I mean, I didn't know that was a magazine. Yeah. I mean, what's There's it? all kinds of magazines, like guitar magazines and bass magazines. Well, you'll have to send us the uh, the spread because we'll, sure. we'll post it on the social media. Yeah. And and um, we're going to be out of light, so we got to get going. But come back anytime. I, we only cracked the surface. So we have so many questions we didn't even get to. But um, I liked what we I liked where we went. I didn't know we'd get... So I didn't know we'd talk about so much spirituality, but I love it. That's oh, my favorite it. thing to talk about. Love so actually, it. we should. You guys should read the book, and then I'll come back Absolutely. in a couple yeah. weeks, and then we'll just nail some we shit love out. It. What love we got? It. I'm gonna get my uh, uh, color highlighter, and you get a. I'll get a blue highlighter. You get a pink highlighter, and okay. we'll just mark up some some thoughts on it. But I'm I'm excited based on the table of contents alone because it's nice to you know you see these books that are like you know there there used to be this such like. PC kind of like vanilla bread thing, and then Mark Manson comes out with his book like, um, uh, what's his book called? That fuck don't uh, some something about not giving a fuck. You know that book? I forget what it the is. The subtle I have, art of not, not giving, giving a fuck. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, cool. You can say fuck on a book cover. That's cool. And now, and then, uh, and then yours has just like random badassery here throughout the t- the title that I'm gonna be excited. Now, do you recommend reading it? Obviously, from beginning. I mean, I might have to just jump chapter to chapter here because we have some good ones. Yeah, you can. I mean, they're pretty short chapters. It's a quick read. You can get through that bad boy in probably two and a half hours. I, I'm actually. Um, recording the audiobook on Tuesday. Oh, nice. So I booked four hours. <clears throat> I'm hoping that I can nail it out in four hours. Yeah, you should drink LaCroix. I'm, I'm sorry. I was not, LaCroix, not LaCroix. I'm I was got uh, Lemon alcohol. water? No, the, uh, what's the, um, the uh, uh, White Claw. That's what you should have. Just get yeah. wasted by the end of it. <laughs> that would Chefs not be 29. <laughs> Take a deep breath. My words. <laughs> no, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Chapter 36. Or Life is you- fucking magical. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the chapter is like the left lane is for passing, so get the fuck over. Oh, we're oh, so sisters. <laughs> oh, that is all Tasha that cares about. That is the about. hill I will die on. <laughs> that, it is. I try the, to make these blogs dude, for her. Well, there's every, a chapter for you, baby girl. <laughs> chapter for you. Every time we try to record like a blog while we're driving, it's just Tasha yelling at the left lane drivers. Get the fuck <laughs> I really, you know, they make those like uh, vanity license plates that are like red backwards, or you can get like LED screens. Like ambulance has the word ambulance printed backwards. I want to be like funny. move over, printed no, backwards on the front of my car. Uh, and a from, spoiler from the book <laughs> "Unfuck with the Bull: A Guide to Inspired Badassery," chapter thirty-two. The left lane is for passing, so please. Get the fuck over. Right. <laughs> you heard it here first. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And uh, social media and anything else you want to promote so people can go follow yeah, you? Yeah, um, lindsaymanfredi.com is, uh, is my website, and it takes you to my Shopify account to where you can buy the book. Um, and if you buy it from me, signed copies. And I mail them out myself. 
and you'll get those in two years because <laughs> the postal No, I just, like, since I've been here, I mailed one to Switzerland, and she just popped me a little message the other day, and so she got it, and oh, it that's took, amazing. like, two weeks, so that's impressive. We just sent 22 postcards to our Patreon members, so shout out to them, patreon.com slash thesap, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash T-H-E-S-A-P, but uh, they arrived in England before the one, before Vic got hers in Los Angeles. That's so crazy. I don't know, and then someone, with uh, these postcards were just, like, a photo, but, like, someone, like, took us, took a photo and showed it to me and the, and the postcard was like destroyed. It was Boulder Laura. She, hers or, had dents on it but so did this guy Daniel and someone uh, else had dents on it and I'm like what the fuck's going on over there? <laughs> They're down to one just, sorting machine and it must just be over. It needs to be oiled or something. It's just like all like anyway thank you so much for coming on. We're going to re- we're gonna go through it and then we'll, we'll have you back on. Hell yeah. Is, uh, thank you again Lindsay Manfred everyone and um, yeah anything else you want to promote Tasha? No. You're just trying to get people out of the left lane. PSA. <laughs> You guys share with your friends. I've never seen I've never seen Tasha immediately like hardcore bond with someone over that. (laughs) Anyway, that's the episode. That's the sap. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. (laughs) So many Yeah. It's like, yo, somebody's behind us. Is that country?